Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Common Room Talk. My name's Tony, and I'm your host. So I would like to start this episode off with a happy birthday to Holly, who is turning nine on the 21st, which I believe is a Tuesday. And she is having a Harry Potter-themed birthday party. And so huge shout-out to you, Holly. You're turning nine. You got two years until you get your letter. I'm so excited for you, and I really hope that you had a magical, wonderful birthday. And I am actually 100% jealous of Holly. I really wish that I could have a Harry Potter-themed birthday, which, I mean, I could have a Harry Potter-themed birthday. My birthday is coming up in 10 days on the 27th, and I could do it. I could have a Harry Potter-themed birthday party. And my wife literally said, tell me what you want to do, and we'll do it. And so maybe I can get away with a Harry Potter birthday party. However, I know it won't be nearly as fun as Holly's party is going to be. I got a sneak peek at some of her snacks and these chocolate golden snitches that she's going to have looks amazing. And I am extremely jealous because I want them. But I could have my own Harry Potter birthday. I probably won't, but I could. Now, during this past week, the trailer for... The third Fantastic Beasts movie, The Secrets of Dumbledore, dropped, and I'm excited. I know that there's a lot of controversy around the fact that Johnny Depp is no longer in it as Grindelwald because of issues outside of the production that happened that it doesn't matter, we won't get into, it's neither here nor there. It does stink that he is not going to be a part of the movie. I think he portrayed Grindelwald very well. However, I'm still excited. I think it's going to be a great movie, and I'm fairly confident that we're going to see the amazing fight between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, and that'll probably be the end of the movie, which I think would be a great way to end it. And I'm really intrigued to see how they're going to involve Newt in all of whatever they're going to do. I think that it is just going to be an amazing finish to the series. I believe it'll be the, the finish to it. I, I know that originally they talked about it being a five-part series, which I did not understand. I don't know what they could do to end up making it five parts, or if that's ever changed. I haven't really checked on that. However, super excited for it, and I cannot wait until next year to go see it. And I'm also doubly excited uh, to drop some non-Harry Potter content, but tonight we are going to see, and that is Friday the night of this recording, we are going to see Spider-Man, and I cannot wait. Time is going by so slow, and I just want to go see it so bad. Now, in regards to whether or not I'm going to be able to put out an episode next week, that still remains to be seen. I am actually going to be off work for two weeks, so I will have the time to do it, and I'm going to do my best to make sure that there is an episode out. I'm going to have a lot of time to myself, and I'm going to grow bored very quickly. So there should definitely be an episode next week. And I apologize if the audio from last week was weird. I know as I was listening to it during the editing process, it sounded like at times I was really far away from the mic or really close to the mic. And in all honesty, I need to get some better stuff. That's the technical term for recording equipment now is just stuff. I need to get some sound proofing 
material to put up in and around my mic for when I'm recording so there isn't so much of an echo and my voice is just equal the entire time. I also just need to really work on my recording etiquette and make sure that I have a continuous and consistent posture. I also need to do a better job at calibrating my voice in between not in between, but after sentences and starting a new sentence because there are times as I'm listening to my edits where it'll sound like I'm taking a big breath, like, and then like I just burped and I really didn't burp. I just took a big breath and I need to really work on that because it really sounds amateurish as I'm listening to it. And I apologize to anyone who does listen to my recordings and then cringes at those moments because I certainly do. But thanks for bearing with me in getting through it. I am still improving and still working on this skill. Now, last week we did talk a little bit about Harry and his glasses, and I had somebody bring up the topic with me, and I won't say who because I didn't get the permission to say who they were on the episode. I totally forgot. But they were really intrigued by the points that I made, and they wanted to talk about it. And one of the last points that I brought up in regards to the fact that you could tell that they didn't continuously care about Harry after getting him glasses was the fact that they are broken by the time he goes to Hogwarts and they have to be repaired. It's one of the first things that we see on the ride to Hogwarts was the condition of Harry's glasses and then being repaired magically. And that was actually something I forgot to point out. That is, it's only in the movies do you see Hermione actually repair Harry's glasses. That doesn't happen in the book. However, we do know that in the book his glasses are broken because it says in the first chapter that they are broken from Dudley punching him on the nose one too many times. But in regard to the conversation that I had, it was just another point to bring up that you saw that they cared more about themselves and not about Harry in the fact that they got glasses in order to probably, in my opinion, keep him from doing magic to aid himself to be able to see accidentally that is using magic versus continuously caring about him and keeping his glasses repaired. He was using tape to keep them together. And so you saw just poor conditions still from the Dursleys. Now, last week, we started the 14th chapter, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. And we got to take a look at some different type of dragon eggs, and we got to learn a little bit about a Norwegian Ridgeback. And it was just a really interesting episode, I think. I thought that it was short, unfortunately, for what it was, but we only got through the first two pages of the chapter, so there's still a lot of chapter left. We finished the episode with Hermione's concern about Hagrid living in a wooden house and Hagrid not listening as he was humming merrily and stoking the fire. So the next bit starts off with a concern now about what is going to happen to Hagrid if anyone found out that he was hiding an illegal dragon in his hut. And we see Ron saying, wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life. And if only he knew the extent of what that comment would mean if he said it in seven years. Because little do they know, and little does anybody else know who hasn't been through the story, what is coming. So we see that Hermione had actually started making revision timetables for Harry and Ron, which was driving them crazy. And then one day at breakfast, 
Hedwig has swooped down and brought Harry another note from Hagrid, and there were only two words written on this note. It's hatching. And so we see Ron and Hermione back and forth. Ron wants to skip Herbology. Hermione wouldn't hear of it. Ron says, Hermione, how many times in our lives are we going to see a dragon hatching? And Hermione rebuttals with, we've got lessons and we'll get into trouble, and that's nothing to what Hagrid's going to be in when somebody finds out what he's doing. Harry whispered to them to shut up because Malfoy was only a few feet away and he had stopped dead in his tracks to listen. And so Harry wonders to himself, how much did Malfoy hear? Harry didn't like the look on his face at all. We see that Ron and Hermione continue arguing all the way to Herbology, and Hermione finally agreed to run down to Hagrid's with the other two during their morning break. So when the bell sounded, they left class and went to the edge of the forest where Hagrid greeted them looking flushed and excited. And I do want to point out that it is really interesting to see that there was some sort of bell that announced the end and probably beginning of the classes there. That's not something that you see brought up at all in the movies. You usually just see, well, really, no, you don't really see the end of any classes except for maybe... Defense Against the Dark Arts with Lockhart and the Pixie incident without going into too much detail. That really might be it. However, Hagrid meets them at the edge of the forest. He's looking flushed. He's looking excited. And he says to them, it's nearly out. And so he's trying to usher them inside really quickly. The egg was there lying on the table and there were very deep cracks in it. Something was moving inside of it and it was making some sort of clicking noise. It says that they all drew their chairs up to the table and watched with bated breath. Then there was a scraping noise and the egg splits open and there is a baby dragon. It flops out onto the table and it wasn't exactly pretty. Harry thought it looked like a crumpled black umbrella. And so it has these spiny wings. They were huge compared to its skinny jet body. And it had a long snout with wide nostrils stubs for horns, and bulging orange eyes. We see it sneeze, and a couple of sparks flew out of its snout, and Hagrid mumbles, isn't it beautiful? Now, remember last week when I said that in the movie, they really took these two parts of the book and put them together into one, and we're going to see the second half of that part in the movie play out here. But remember, in the movie, this was all one part, where here it was broken up into two separate parts. So Hagrid is marveling at this dragon, and he reaches his hand in to stroke its head, and it snapped at his fingers. Hagrid says, bless him, look, he knows his mommy, which we see in the movie as he comes over to Norbert and, and does that, and... He sneezes and catches his beard on fire, and then he kind of nestles up against Hagrid's fingers, and he says, oh, look, he knows his mummy. And we see Ron and Harry and Hermione give each other these kind of, like, inquisitive looks of, like, this man is losing his mind. Hermione then starts and says, Hagrid, how fast do Norwegian Ridgebacks grow exactly? And Hagrid was about to answer when he looks over at the window, and all of the color drains from his face. And he leaps up to his feet and he runs over to the window and somebody asks, what's the matter? And Hagrid says, someone was looking through the gap in the curtains. It was a kid and he's running back up to the school. So Harry jumps up and he runs over to the window, looks out 
and sorry, actually, he, he runs over to the door and he looks out and it says even at a distance there was no mistaking him. Malfoy had seen the dragon. Now, in the movie, again, I know I keep jumping back and forth. This was at nighttime, and part of the fear was that Malfoy was going to tell on them for being out of bounds at nighttime, and he himself also being out of bounds at nighttime, and that's when they get caught. However, that's not what happens here. We actually see that there's a time jump. It says something about the smile lurking on Malfoy's face during the next week made Harry, Ron, and Hermione very nervous. So there's been a week's worth of time now that is going by, and they're now spending most of their free time in Hagrid's hut, which has been darkened and just changed to really help not hide, not just hide the dragon, but also, I think, make it livable for the dragon. And Harry's urging him, he says, please just let him go, set him free. Hagrid's saying that he can't, he's just too little and he'll die. And... This is when they look over at the dragon, and he had grown three times in his length in just a week. There was smoke that was furling out of his nostrils, and, and what's worse was Hagrid wasn't keeping up with his gamekeeping duties, such as probably taking care of the lawn, making sure all the equipment is in check, which we see him do various things like that throughout this book, and these things were falling behind, so surely somebody would have to start taking notice if these things weren't being done. People were going to start asking questions. It says that there were brandy bottles all over the floor, as well as chicken feathers. Hagrid then says that he's decided to call him Norbert, and he's looking at Norbert with these misty eyes. Like, he is just in love with this dragon, and that's what we know about Hagrid, that he loves creatures. He loves animals. He is just a loving person. And he continues with saying, he really knows me now. Watch Norbert. Norbert, where's mommy? And Ron says, he's lost his marbles. He says this into Harry's ear. Harry then says very loudly, Hagrid, give it a fortnight and Norbert's going to be as long as your house. And Malfoy could go to Dumbledore at any moment. Hagrid bites his lip and he's just thinking and he says, I, I know I can't keep him forever, but I can't just dump him. I can't. And then Harry turns to Ron. He says, Charlie. And then Ron says, you're losing it too. I'm Ron, remember? It, another one of those points that really just makes me chuckle but harry continues with saying no charlie your brother in romania studying dragons we could send norbert to him charlie can take care of him and then put him back into the wild ron says brilliant how about that hagrid and in the end hagrid agreed that they could send an owl to charlie to ask him now on the previous page there's a small picture in the center of the page of malfoy looking in through a window and on the left-hand side of this oval-shaped picture. It only takes up the center of the page. You can see the edge of the window, and to the left of the edge is the lit-up cabin, and you can only see the light coming through. You can't really see anything else in there as the picture is cut off. And then from the rest of the three-fourths of the picture from left to right, there is Malfoy's face in the center, and he's completely surrounded by green ivy. And he's wearing a green scarf, obviously, in being a symbol of him being in Slytherin. We also see his what looks like white hair here, and I think it's probably bleached that way to show the stark contrast between the light in the hut and the shadows that are in the ivy and stuff that are around him. So then... The following week for the trio had drug by. Wednesday night had Hermione and Harry sitting alone in the common room. 
it was well after midnight and everyone had gone to bed. Just after the final chime at midnight, the portrait hole burst open and Ron comes in and he's wearing the invisibility cloak. It says that he had been down at Hagrid's hut. He was helping him feed Norbert and the dragon was now eating dead rats by the crate. Ron holds his hand up to show them that Norbert had bit him. And he said, I'm not going to be able to hold a quill for a week. I'm telling you that Dragon is the most horrible animal that I've ever met. And by the way, Hagrid goes on about it. You would think it was a fluffy little bunny rabbit. When it bit me, he told me off for frightening it. And when I left, he was singing it a lullaby. Then there was a tap on the window. Harry says, it's Hedwig. And he hurries over to let her in. He says that she'll have Charlie's answer for them. And so the three of them puts their heads together and they read the note. Then on the next page, there is an amazing picture taking up both pages. At the very top, it is titled, From the Illustrated Edition, Dragon Species of Great Britain and Ireland. At the very bottom, it says Norwegian Ridgeback. And then you have this scene that is the top of a roof of some brick building, probably somewhere in England, uh, in Great Britain or Ireland, and this massive light brown dragon with, the, it looks like maybe like blue, almost like feathers running down its back all the way from the top of its head down to probably halfway down its tail. And it has these huge wings that are just kind of folded out over the roof. Its tail is hanging over the back of one of the roofs and then reaches back up and is wrapped around a chimney probably for some sort of support the dragon itself has its front hands and claws reached around what would be the gutter of the roof and he's looking down over the roof into a window it looks like and it has a fireball that is starting to emanate from its mouth you see one yellow eye with a black pupil it's in the form of a slit, almost like a cat eye, and there's smoke kind of coming up around the back of its head. And it is an absolutely gorgeous picture. This dragon is massive. I mean, you have to think about, uh, imagine the buildings that we see when we get the far off views of Privet Drive in the Harry Potter movies. One of those buildings is pretty much what we're looking at here. It is huge, the size of Dursley's roof if not a little bit bigger that's just the wingspan its body is going perpendicular to the roof the the wings themselves are folded out the length of the roof and it is just a huge creature and it looks like it is getting ready to set this building on fire then on the next page we get the letter from charlie and it says dear ron how are you thanks for the letter I'd be glad to take the Norwegian Ridge back, but it won't be easy getting him here. I think the best thing will be to send him over with some friends of mine who are coming to visit me next week. The trouble is, they mustn't be seen carrying an illegal dragon. Could you get the Ridge back up to the tallest tower at midnight on Saturday? They can meet you there and take him away while it's still dark. Send me an answer as soon as possible. Love, Charlie. And I think this is really cool. Because there's not any mention outside of Ron mentioning him, we don't get to see Charlie ever in the movies. And here in the book, he is one of the first outside brothers that we get contact with, even though it is just 
in a letter form. And so I think it's really cool that we get to have this interaction with Charlie. And what we see is that it looks like troublemaking really does run in the family. We see that there isn't really much bother from Charlie about there being an illegal dragon and that Ron is caught up in all of this. And in fact, he urges him to go out after dark, which he knows the consequences. He went through Hogwarts himself. He knows what happens if you get caught outside of bed at nighttime. And he is encouraging this to go on. The other thing I want to point out is something that might be a potential contradiction to the series and something that we see really later on, which is the plotting of Hogwarts on a map. And from what I understand, you're not supposed to be able to find Hogwarts on your own. At least outsiders can't find it. It can't be plotted. If muggles come across it, there are there are charms to prevent them from being able to see Hogwarts, to come to Hogwarts of their own volition. And the way that it seems to be talked about, it is almost as if you can't just come across it. But I think that something that we do see in the movies, and we see a little bit continued on even in the Fantastic Beast movies, are the people who can just come to Hogwarts when they like. You see some apparition to the edge of the Hogwarts grounds. We do see in the very last book, we see what happens in the end when all of those people do come to Hogwarts. And so the reason I said it could be an apparent contradiction is because there probably are some people who would fall on the side of that nobody would be able to just come to Hogwarts on their own. They have to be brought there by somebody who does know. And there's also this case that people who have been there probably know how to get there. And it's something that isn't completely clear, but we do know based on the movies, based on a few scenes in the upcoming books that people can choose to come to Hogwarts and they can find it. But there are certain rules about being able to just show up inside of Hogwarts. And I know, again, it's very vague, but I don't want to ruin the story further on. And I did want to address that, that it isn't really, I don't think really a contradiction. So after they read the letter, they looked at each other and Harry says, well, we've got the invisibility cloak. It shouldn't be too difficult. The cloak should be big enough to cover two of us and Norbert. And it really was a mark of how bad the last week had been that they agreed with him and and really just to get rid of Norbert and Malfoy. However, by the next morning, there was a big problem. Ron's bitten hand had swollen to twice its usual size, and so he has to go to the hospital wing to Madame Pomfrey, and they're hoping that she won't recognize a dragon bite. They were hesitant, though, because of that. But by that afternoon, they really had no choice. The cut had started to turn a nasty shade of green, and it looks as if Norbert's fangs were poisonous. So Harry and Hermione rush up to the hospital wing at the end of the day to find Ron in a terrible state in bed. And he says, it's not just my hand, although it feels like it's about to fall off. Malfoy told Madame Pomfrey he wanted to borrow one of my books so he could come in and have a good laugh at me. He kept threatening to tell her what really bit me. I've told her it was a dog, but I don't think she believes me. I shouldn't have hit him at the Quidditch match. That's why he's doing this. So Harry and Hermione are trying to calm Ron down, telling him it's going to be over at midnight on Saturday. But this didn't soothe Ron at all. On the contrary, he sat up bolt right and he broke into a sweat. Midnight on Saturday, he said in a hoarse voice, Oh no, oh no, 
I've just remembered. Charlie's letter was in the book that Malfoy took. He's going to know we're getting rid of Norbert. And Harry and Hermione didn't get a chance to answer because Madame Pomfrey came over at that moment and made them leave, saying that Ron needed sleep. However, Harry is talking to Hermione and says it's too late to change our plan now. We haven't got time to send Charlie another owl, and this could be our only chance to get rid of Norbert, so we'll have to risk it. We have the invisibility cloak. Malfoy doesn't know about that. So they get down to Hagrid's. They found Fang, the boarhound, sitting outside with a bandaged tail when they went to go tell Hagrid what was going on. And he looks at them and says, I'm not going to let you in. Norbert's at a tricky stage. Nothing that I can't handle, though. And when they finally told him about Charlie's letter, his eyes filled with tears. Although that might have been because Norbert had just bitten him on the leg. He lets out a small little gasp, but he says, it's all right. It only got my boot. He's just playing. He's only a baby after all. And then it says the baby banged its tail on the wall, making the windows rattle. Harry and Hermione walked back to the castle, feeling Saturday couldn't come quick enough. Now, in the center of this page, we get to see a picture of Fang. And he really doesn't look anything like Fang in the movies. If anything, he looks more like a dog that we get to see in the third movie, maybe with a lot less fur. He does have a little bandage on his tail, and he's wearing this giant spiked collar. He has one ear perked up, and one ear is kind of flopping down to its side. And it is a big black dog, and he's just sitting on his hind legs, looking curiously out at you and sitting in front of him is this tattered little pink bunny and so you get this sense of innocent and cute and still with the spiked collar potentially dangerous but we all know that fang is the most harmless thing ever the story continues with them thinking to themselves that they would have felt bad for Hagrid when it came time to say goodbye to Norbert if they hadn't already been so worried about what they had to do. So it was dark, it was cloudy, it was nighttime, and they were a bit late arriving now to Hagrid's because they had to wait for Peeves to get out of their way in the entrance hall. Hagrid has Norbert packed up and ready to go in a large wooden crate. And Hagrid says he's got lots of rats and some brandy for the journey. And I've packed his teddy in case he gets lonely. But inside of the crate, there was a ripping noise. And Harry thought it sounded as if Teddy just had his head torn off. Hagrid says, bye-bye, Norbert. And he's sobbing. He's obviously sad. Harry and Hermione covered the crate with the invisibility cloak. And they stepped underneath it themselves. Hagrid says, mommy will never forget you. The next line, however shows their journey back up to the castle as it literally says they don't know how they managed to get back up to the castle with the crate. Midnight was ticking nearer as they heaved Norbert up the marble staircase into the entrance hall and were moving along the dark corridors. Up another staircase and then another and even one of Harry's shortcuts didn't make this work much easier. Harry's panting and he says we're nearly there and they've reached the corridor beneath the tallest tower. Then there was a sudden movement ahead of them that made them almost drop the crate. They forgot that they were invisible, so they shrank back against one of the corridor walls into the shadows. They were staring at the outlines of two people grappling with each other about ten feet away, and then a lamp flared up. 
Now, before I continue on and we figure out who this is, I want to tell you about the picture that's here on the left-hand side. It is taking up the entire page, and we are looking at a nighttime scene that is very cloudy, very murky. You can see the moon in the top left corner, very obstructed by clouds, and it looks very blurry as it's trying to shine through the clouds. And everywhere is dark. It's all just dark shadows except for a few lights on the top of the castle turrets that we're looking at here. There are people on broomsticks, some of them farther away, one closer up, and they are flying around the tallest tower here. And what's funny is that you see Harry and Hermione with this crate at their feet standing here on what looks like a part of the tower jetting out, and it's actually in the shape of a neck and head of a dragon. And the light that is at the end of this little bridge area is lighting up to where it looks like there's almost fire in the dragon's mouth. And so we are getting the aspect of the tallest tower from the outside, and we see that there's a winding staircase from where they are at the very top that kind of wraps twice around the tower moving down before it actually goes inside of the tower about halfway down it. And in the background, you can see the outlines of the forest and a few other parts of the castle where the windows are lit up just barely. Now, back to the lamp flaring up. It was Professor McGonagall, and in a tartan dressing gown and a hairnet, she had Malfoy by the ear. And she is furious. She shouted, detention, and 20 points from Slytherin. Wandering around in the middle of the night, how dare you? And Malfoy is just sputtering out anything that he can. He says, you don't understand, Professor. Harry Potter is coming and he's got a dragon. And she says, what utter rubbish. How dare you tell such lies? Come on, I, sh I shall see Professor Snape about you, Malfoy. So they're moving away. The steep spiral staircase up to the top of the tower seemed the easiest thing in the world now after that. And so they make it to the top, and they throw off the cloak. They're glad to be able to breathe properly again. And Hermione did a sort of jig. Malfoy's got detention. I could sing. They were chuckling about Malfoy, and they were sitting there waiting. Norbert was thrashing around in his crate. And about ten minutes later, four broomsticks came swooping down out of the darkness. Charlie's friends were a cheery lot. They showed Harry and Hermione the harness they'd rigged up so that they could suspend Norbert between them. Why they don't use magic, I don't know. They all helped buckle Norbert safely into it, and then Harry and Hermione shook hands with the others and thanked them very much. At last, Norbert was going, going, gone. They slipped back down the spiral staircase, and their hearts were just super light. They're happy. They're, they're finally done with this night, this adventure. They're done with Norbert. They're done with dealing with all of this. They don't have to worry about Malfoy. They don't have to worry about Hagrid. All of it is finally done. Malfoy had detention. There's no more dragon. What could spoil their happiness? Well, the answer to that question was at the foot of the stairs. As they stepped into the corridor, Filch's face loomed suddenly out of the darkness. And he says, well, 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 we are in trouble. They had left the invisibility cloak on top of the tower. That is the end of the 14th chapter. Now, something I want to point out is something that really frustrates me is the fact that Harry, who has 
basically taken this invisibility cloak and started living with it. Uh, he loves this thing. It's part of his family. It was his father's. It was handed down to him. He loves this thing. I hate that it says that he left his cloak on top of the tower. I don't think that's something that he would have actually done. Now I understand that they're kind of caught up in the blissful moment of Norbert being gone, their worries being gone, Malfoy being caught and getting detention, having points taken off, and I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't like that Harry would have forgot his cloak there. I don't think it's something that would have happened. It is very out of character for this moment. Now I understand why it has to happen. Is It's a plot. This is going to alter the story quite a bit. However, I just don't like it. It is something that really has bothered me for a very long time. We also get to see Filch, and we get to see his line that we also see in the movie, We Are in Trouble. And this is all very different from the movies itself, this whole situation with Charlie's friends showing up to take Norbert away. In the movies, we see that Hagrid sorts everything out with Dumbledore, and Dumbledore actually arranges for Norbert to go to Romania to be with other dragons. So... A huge change here, I think, and it really alters the reason why we get to see some of the rest of the story play out. Now, we are coming to the end of this episode, and I'm sorry that it is a shorter episode. It is also a very busy week this week as we're getting ready to go to family festivities for Christmas and enjoying each other's company and all of that fun stuff that I'm really looking forward to. I can't wait. We are making chicken noodles from scratch where you actually take the egg yolks, put it in the flour, and knead the dough and get to do all of this fantastic messy stuff that you hate while you're doing it because it's so tiring and your hands hurt, but then you get to eat it and enjoy it and spend time with family and it's all worth it. And it's just a great time. And I say all of this because I'm trying to ramble for time, but also because I really just want to Wish everyone here who is listening a happy holidays. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for everything that you do. If you are enjoying the episodes, please like it, share it, talk about it on social media, tell your friends about it, anybody who has an interest in Harry Potter. If you ever want to ask me a question or say anything to me, the email is commonroomtalk at gmail.com. Please feel free to stop in and and say hi and talk with me about something we're also on facebook under the same name common room talk it's a facebook page please join it listen to it Uh, well don't listen to the facebook page you can join the facebook page and you can listen to us there because i do post the episodes there as well but share it with your friends and have everyone join so again thank you guys so much for listening happy holidays merry christmas whatever you guys are doing for the holidays have fun doing it i guess My name's Tony, I'm your host, and this is Common Room Talk.